0: No purchase necessary voidwork prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to Luckylandslots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Left Roger, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, obviously, a part of the Fans First Sports Network, thank you for taking part of your time this Friday to talk with me or listen with to me, and this upcoming episode is one I'm always looking forward to. Why? It's the Behind Enemy Lines podcast. In the first half of this podcast, I have Jesus Garcia from our Cardinals Update podcast, which is here on Fans First Sports Network, and we're going to talk all things Cardinals. We are going to get into the Cardinal stuff, and we're going to talk about that In the second half of the show, obviously, we're going to have the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. And then at the very end, we have a heart-to-heart. And this heart-to-heart is going to be about an article I wrote on Thursday for steelcurtainnetwork.com. I hope you all check out that website. And I also hope you check out fansfirstsports.com for some really good content that's not specific to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're a sports fan, you'll love that website, fansfirstsports.com. want to give that a plug. But at the end, it's an article I wrote, and it has to do with Big Ben and Matt Canada. So make sure you stay tuned till the very end of the podcast so that you get to hear that as well. But I'm really excited for you to hear this show. Like I said, behind enemy lines, get the lowdown on Kyler Murray. No more Zach Ertz to deal with. As he requested his release, he was granted it, waived. He wants to go on a contender so the Steelers won't have to contend with him. You have James Conner coming back to Pittsburgh. Some injuries that the Arizona Cardinals are dealing with. We'll talk about the Steelers injury report all in the second half with Jeremy Betts. All right. Enough of me. Let's get to the uh, Behind Enemy line segment, which will be right back after this break.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is the Friday episode of the Let's Ride podcast, and you know what that means, first segment. It's behind enemy lines where I talk about with someone that covers the upcoming opponent, in this case, Week 13, Accra Stadium, Pittsburgh Steelers, Arizona Cardinals, There is a lot of history between these two teams, mainly dating back to Super Bowl 43 I'm sure we'll probably bring that up. Steeler fans love to talk about that one, unlike when we talked to to the Green Bay Packers a few weeks weeks ago in Super Bowl forty-five. But I welcome the host of the Cardinals Update podcast here on Fans for Sports Network, our Arizona Cardinals feed, Jesus Garcia. Jesus, welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
3: Everything's going good, man. You know, hopefully... We get a better outcome than what we did last week, but you know, just looking forward to to the road up in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so when you when I think about the Cardinals, you know, this is an NFC West opponent. So Steelers don't play them too often. There have mm-hmm. been some memorable moments. Uh, I can remember a very young Kyler Murray when the Steelers went out to Arizona four years ago. I mentioned Super Bowl forty three. There are some. There are some connections here, but there's also another connection. Earlier this season, you had Joshua Dobbs as your quarterback before trading him to the Minnesota Vikings. Let's start there, not necessarily with Joshua Dobbs, but with the quarterback position. Very much in flux. Kyler Murray comes back off injured reserve, uh, and now he's back in the lineup. What have you seen from Kyler Murray since he's come back? Obviously, he had to have the reconstructive knee surgery this past offseason. What's he been like, good, bad, and different?
3: He's been, he's been really, like, up and down, really inconsistent uh, for the most part. You know, the first week back against the Falcons, you know, everything looked – it looked solid, right? It looked like a great first game back. You know, athletically, everything's looking perfect for him. You know, him running around in the pocket, him extending plays, him, you know, rushing, you know, flying by people and stuff like that. He's looking like every part of the old Kyler Murray that we knew. The only thing that's been kind of up and down is, like, the, the passing game with him. So, you know, against against the Falcons, you know, everything was looking solid, you know, kind of a little bit of rust. And then, you know, the week afterwards uh, against the Texans, it did look like he had more rust and just looked like he was just a little more off. And then, you know, last week against the Rams, it was just, it was difficult to see just because we had such a poor offensive outing. And a lot of that had to do, you know, I would say a big part of that would be, you know, Kyler Murray's accuracy right now. And also just with the play calling and just, you know, the offensive line, you know, guys are getting injured left and right. And also with our receiving core. So just everything all together just isn't a good mix at the moment. But just with Kyler Murray, his his knee athletically, just everything's going fine. It's just, you know, hoping to get back to him, him being, you know, accurate, you know, throughout his career. He's been above 65 percent accuracy wise. And just these past couple of weeks, it's just been uh, just not even close to that.
1: Well, when I think of Kyler Murray, the one thing I think of is mobility. His ability to get out of the pocket, to be a threat to run, to make plays with his legs doesn't mean he's not going to throw the football on the run, but to use his athleticism to escape the pocket. I always am concerned, not so much concerned, but I am also looking at a player coming off of knee surgery. Do they still trust that athleticism? Is he more of a pocket passer now? Is he trusting his legs to be able to use all those explosive moves, lateral quickness that we've seen from Kyler Murray all the time. Where exactly has he been when he since his return from that surgery in terms of athletically and using his mobility?
3: I think he he hasn't taken a step back. I think everything's been been like athletic wise, been perfect with his knee. Um, I think that's just a credit to how long they've taken and just like they they waited to until so he was 100 you know mentally and physically with the knee. For him to get back practicing and then eventually get back on the field so i think like he probably could have been playing you know week four or five if they really just if they really just wanted him out there just playing on the field but they took until week 11 for him to come back they they gave him three four weeks you know on that designated to return from uh from Mm -hmm. the pup list they gave him kind of like like a mini like a mini training camp there and then you know he's just he's been looking great athletic wise you know against the Falcons, you know, he had that in the fourth quarter, he had the, I think it was almost like 50, 60 yard scramble, but he, uh, you know, he went back 20, 30 yards and then scrambled forward another 20 yards just to get a first down and just everything looked, you know, great. You know, it looked like, you know, how probably just even faster than what he is before he got injured, kind of like how he was in Oklahoma. Just, he just looked really super fast and just, he didn't, have it just didn't look like he had injury so that part everything looked good just you know the accuracy wise you know getting comfortable within the offense and just timing with his teammates is the only thing that's really just you kind of want more from him just because you've seen it you've seen him be great like that before that was one of the main things that he's been great at just you know the deep ball and just you know accuracy you know down the field and especially just in short yardage situations he's been great there just you just haven't really been able to see that now.
1: Well, that, that's my one of my next follow ups to any time the Steelers are going to play any quarterback that is a mobile quarterback. They they see a lot of those. When you think about Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, obviously, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Do they run because they have to or do they run because it's by design? And that's, I think, a really good question for this Arizona offensive line. How are they holding up in terms of Kyler Murray using his athleticism? You mentioned that crazy scramble in Atlanta is that is, is the offensive line basically not doing their job and he's having to run for his life, or is this just him using his legs to buy more time? What are your thoughts on the O-line and the pass protection?
3: With the offensive line, it just, it really depends. I, I feel like they're really inconsistent on a week-to-week basis are from, I would say from our right side of the O-line, I think they're pretty consistent. So Will, Will Hernandez, he's our right guard. And then Paris Johnson, he's our rookie right tackle. So both of them, they've been phenomenal. phenomenal, And just they've been being able to just pair up both of them, them too. And then just whenever we rush the right side, whenever, you know, anyone is rushing from the right side, you know, it's just, you know, <clears throat> they don't really get that much pressure. And then also running that way, too. You know, it, we're always getting five, six yards to a, a rush. So that's always great. Um, center has been up and down. So we have a new center, you know, coming in from Cleveland, you know, kind of following the offensive coordinator. So he, his name's uh, Hadji Holt. So he's pretty, been pretty up and down. I think for the first month of the season, he was great. You know, he looked like kind of like a diamond in the rough, kind of what we picked up in, in the off season. But, you know, recently he's been real up and down. You know, we face Aaron Donald, you know, no one's really great against Aaron Donald, but right. you know, he just, he really just suffered in that game. <clears throat> with our left guard spot, it's really been like a turnstile. You know, we've had Carter O'Donnell the past couple of weeks. We've had, um, just different guys in and out of the the left guard spot. And that's just, that's one of the weak points that's just been throughout the whole season. Just, you had guys, you know, just going in there every other week, just due to injury due to just not playing great. And then I left tackle DJ Humphries. He's been on the team. I think he's, he's the longest tenured Cardinal <clears throat> so far on the team. And, He's been just not as great as you would hope this year. You know, in the offseason, they did move a bunch of his money, uh, a bunch of his guaranteed money up to this year. And, you know, next year is not really much guaranteed for him. So this year kind of seemed like a prove it year to, to see, you know, if they do draft someone or if they do sign someone in free agency. But he hasn't really been, been showing that he's someone that's, you know, that should be here to stay, especially covering that left side. So just as a whole, I think the offensive line, has great moments, but you know, for the most part, especially like the past month since Kyler's been back, you know, they have been holding up well in the pocket. Is just you know, after a while, you just a lot of things have have been breaking down because of injury. So just yeah. they haven't been able to to protect them as long as you know you would hope. But at the same time, I think Kyler sometimes scrambles away out um, of clean pockets, and that's something that I think I've mentioned and think a lot of people on. Cardinals Twitter also mentioned that, you know, Kyler should, you know, kind of stand, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but, you know, kind of stand up in the pocket and try and deliver those those deep shots when the pocket is there. And they do have, you know, once in a while do create, you know, probably like four or five, six seconds, you know, give him time to throw. But, you know, just having injuries really, really hurts us. And then just, you know, Kyler just scrambling back and forth just really, really hurts us.
1: I can't not talk about the Cardinals and not talk about a player who used to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers who was beloved by the Pittsburgh Steelers Mm -hmm. fan base. The only thing that they didn't like about James Conner was that he was often injured and he just couldn't stay healthy. But when he was healthy, he was dynamic. He was explosive and people in this town because he went to Pitt and he's an he's a local boy, so to speak. I mean, close, eerie. Anyways. How's he doing out there in Arizona? I know that he suffered a knee injury earlier this year, but is he back to full health and how's he looking behind that, that offensive line you just broke down?
3: Yeah, he's looking great. You know, whenever he's available on the field, he looks amazing. He's, he's the heart of this offense, you know, whenever, however much he goes in this offense is, you know, is how good we play, you know, throughout the week. Um, Ever since he's been back, I think he got back the same week Kylie did. So week 11, you know, he's been doing great. I feel like every time he rushes, you know, even if the O-line breaks down, it just looks like there's nothing to be there. You know, he always cranks out three, four, five yards, and then always, yeah. you know, just falls forward for the extra yard. So just he, he's always just he, – he's like the heart and the engine of this offense. And just it, it's always great to, see, to have him on the field. Like you said – it's just tough because every every season it feels like you know he misses about like four or five games and just sometimes it's either you know in chunks where he he gets put on he gets put on IR or you know he misses a few games here and there just throughout the season so yeah. you know that's something that we hope uh, uh, we get him you know just get him a complimentary back so just so he doesn't take you know 25 30 touches a game but then you know at the same time you know he's such a great running back he's such a big powerful running back too you know you want to give him those 25 30 touches a game so just after a while he just you know he turns out 100 yard games just like of nothing so he he's been absolutely amazing especially I think recent years in, in the past game too I feel like you know the first year he was here it wasn't really like he wasn't really a pass catching back but Recently, I think last year, he really showed it. And then just this year, you know, throughout whenever he's got an opportunity, you know, he's been a great, you know, pass catching back too, which is amazing to see.
1: Yeah, he had the, he showed flashes of those skills in Pittsburgh, also good at picking up the blitz and things like that. So good to see that James Conner is doing well out there in the desert. I'm sure it'll be a good reunion for him coming back to the stadium where he played his college ball and seeing a lot of his former teammates and and Coach yeah. Trauma. But I do have to ask you about the defense. We just spent a lot of time on the offense, rightfully so. The defense for the Arizona Cardinals has struggled at times this season. Uh, what's the biggest weakness, in turn, in your opinion, for the Arizona mm-hmm. defense on a week in and week out basis?
3: It's it's really difficult to say, just because we, I mean, as a whole in the defense, we really just don't have talent pretty much anywhere outside of like our safety room. So we have Buddha Baker, we have Jalen Thompson. I feel like both of them are elite you know pro bowl level Mm -hmm. safeties and I think they're like one of the best duos in the league but just outside of that you know our corners they haven't been able to hold up I think I'll probably say our corners and our defensive line are probably our two weakest links so our our corners you know we have Marco Wilson you know he's been up and down he's been on this team for a couple years and you know he recently it looked like he did get benched in in the last game so just, you know, having him bench and then we have two rookies out there in Starling Thomas and Keitrel Clark. And, you know, corners are already difficult, you know, position as it is. And then just putting two rookies out there, especially, you know, ones I think he, he got drafted late round from, I think, the Eagles and they cut him. And so he's on our team. And then Keitrel Clark, he's our sixth round pick too. So just two, you know, late round guys, just rookies coming in and play cornerback is just a tough task for them. And then our defensive line just we we don't have really names on the defensive line. And then they're all pretty much injured right now too. So we have, you know, Kevin Strong, you know, he has a shoulder injury. We'll see how he goes throughout the week. Uh Lecky Foto, you know, he was put on IR recently. And uh, we recently cut Ben Still. So just, you know, our only defensive lineman that we have right now that, you know, that you could probably notice would probably be Dante Stills. You know, he's also a rookie. I think he's a fifth round rookie out of West Virginia. So he's been kind of like our diamond in the rough, too, for our draft class. And then just, you know, same thing with the corners. They haven't been able to cover anyone. Defense in line hasn't, you know, outside of Dante Stills, hasn't been able to get, you know, stopping the run, hasn't been able to get pressure, you know, on the quarterbacks. I think our edge rushers, you know, the room is pretty much crowded, but, you don't really have, you know, names, they rotate guys in and out. So you might see, you know, a few series with Dennis Gardeck out there, or Zavin Collins out there. And then you you might, you know, switch it with a uh, Victor D. out there. So just a lot of guys that are kind of equal talent wise that just they rotate in and out. And then our linebackers too, uh, we recently lost Kaiser White. You know, he had a, a torn bicep, um, so just he, he's he been out uh, the just recently, they put him on IR, and he's done for the season. So just seeing how, you know, another week of Josh Woods and also um, seeing how he progresses, you know, kind of taking over that role for him. So just as a whole, our defense just lacks a lot of talent. I mean, throughout this whole roster, we don't really have too many people that you could say, you know, oh, you know, he's, he's like a, a guy that you have on the team that you could rely on week in and week out. And just, especially in our defense, we don't really have just many of those guys.
1: Wow. Okay. You don't paint a pretty picture for yours in the Arizona defense, <laughs> but I get it. Hey, I think hey, you're honest and I appreciate that. Let's finish this up though yeah. with talking about how we see the game playing out. Now, some people that I've had on this podcast have said, I don't like doing the game prediction and that's like with an actual score. That's fine. You can just tell mm-hmm. me in other words, how you think it's going to go. Let me tell you what the spread is though. Currently as the time of this recording, the Steelers are giving five and a half points. With a total of 41, so that's telling in and of itself. Steelers are a home team. How do you see this game shaking out? If you want to give me a score prediction, by all means, go ahead. But how do you see this playing?
3: Um, just how we look last week and how we've been looking the past couple of weeks. It just really depends on how offensive-wise. It just really depends on how Kyler Murray looks. If he's able to hit, you know, a few shots, you know, deep. If he's able to hit our tight end Trey McBride if he's able to get him going. And then our offensive coordinator, if he's able to, you know, just call a few plays like under center, a few plays in the shotgun and just, you know, incorporating the, the pass and run. I think last week it was just tough to see just because like I said, James Conner, he like I said, he's sort of like the engine that gets our offense going. And just after I think the first drive of the first quarter, you know, it looked like they just abandoned the run completely and he only had I think for the whole game, six carries throughout the whole game, which for James Conner, that's that's just like yeah. that. You, you 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 get that in the first quarter with them, and so just seeing that, just abandon the run. You know, you hope you get back to the run. Um, I would honestly say, just how we we're looking recently, I would probably say the Steelers are gonna are gonna win this game, and that's that's just because you know history. You know, whenever we played the Steelers, it hasn't really been pretty. I think the last time we played him was kyler's rookie year and we were we were able to get the win but i mean even before that i think most of the time whenever we go on the road to pittsburgh it just we never come out with a win i think most of the time whenever we go to like the east coast games it just it never goes well for us um especially late in the season how we are right now it just doesn't doesn't go well and then you know having tj watt out there too is just is just tough. You know, our O-line is already, you know, down some guys. And then I, I am I am excited to see T.J. Watt against Paris Johnson, you know, kind of seeing our rookie, yeah. our, our sixth overall pick, mm-hmm. kind of go against one of the best edge rushers in the game. So just seeing him out there, hope see, I hope to see, you know, a bunch of matchups with them one-on-one. You know, if he goes against Paris or if he goes on the other side against, you know, D.J. Humphreys or wh- whoever's out there on, on the left side. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, I think the offense – our offense is going to dictate, you know, how well we are. But I think ultimately we'll lose the game just because, you know, the lack of players, you know, on defense in terms of, you know, guys being injured, and just on deep, uh, and then on defense, just guys being injured and just not having the talent available out there right now.
1: Well, in that case, I hope you're right. <laughs> it's <on> the Steelers <laughs> winning, but uh, just I'm going to give you an opportunity to not only talk about your feed and where my people might be able to find your coverage on fans for sports network, but also on social media, you can plug that now. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. So you can find me just pretty much all over social media. It's Cardinals update, you know, just search that. And then I should come up, be one of the first things that come up, just throw everywhere. It's the same logo. It's the CU everywhere. And then for the podcast too, just everywhere on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, you could just search up the Cardinals update podcast and it should be right there. Um, I haven't been able to re- record episodes lately just cause I've been sick the past couple of days, but you know, hopefully I'll get an episode out tomorrow, um, for yeah. Friday and then, yeah, we can just get everything going. And I really do appreciate you having me on and, no you know, just getting into this, the, the podcasting world and like the streaming world and stuff like that is really interesting. And just something that I would love to do. Just keep on talking about the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, man. Welcome to the team. Jesus. Thanks for taking Thank the you. time. Good luck and uh, enjoy the game. We'll talk soon. Take it easy.
3: All right, thank you, man.
1: All right, Steeler fans, it is the second half of the Friday Let's Ride podcast. It's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going?
4: It's going good, man. I'm excited to keep talking Steelers football as we have a shot this season. We This is our best record since 2020 going into week 13. How about that? Wow. I didn't realize that. I mean, obviously
1: 2020 was, what, 11-0. Um, right. But, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. 7-4, and four, you know. The big news on Thursday was that they finally announced the Steelers Colts game in week 15 is going to be played at, I think it's like four 4 30, something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. around four o'clock yeah. is all you need to know. Eastern time. The, the, some, some people on social media were like, when I wrote the article first, uh, the website, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. They've taken away the 10 days after Thursday night football. It's like, well, they're cutting it down to nine, but then they're actually getting right. a full week after because they play again on Saturday. What are your thoughts on, on that does the, the rest of the games, even including the days and times?
4: Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're I think you've got to really focus this week. Uh this is the one where there could be issue with with focus, I think, and with um coming off of your division rival games. Uh I, I was gonna talk about it when we talked about the uh predictions, but I'll go ahead and give the stat here and it's from uh, Jim Wexel on the the mm-hmm. Steel City Insider, where he said that the Steelers are three and seven in the last ten opportunities after they have played uh, two consecutive uh, division opponents, and oh and two when it's been both of them on the road. So coming off of that uh, that two division opponents in a row, the game after is kind of a letdown game, typically for the Steelers. Uh, hopefully, the Cardinals are just bad enough to where it won't be an issue. Um, but I think that this is the game where focus and intentionality are going to play a huge part. But the rest of the schedule to me, Thursday night football at home, if this was on the road, I'd be a little more concerned about it. But at home is great. Um, nine or nine days break until you play on Saturday. Uh, Saturday again before Christmas. I like that schedule. I think it plays out well for the Steelers. It spreads out the games. It gives them an opportunity to get their rest and get healthy after Thursday night football. And then you hit the stretch run, man, and you got to win b- ball games against some good teams to close it out. Um, the Colts are not a pushover. No. Seattle's not going to be a pushover. The Ravens definitely is not going to be a pushover. So uh, it's time to knuckle down and play Steeler December ball.
1: I'm, I'm going to say it now, and I've said it in other spots before. I, I see that week 18 game against the Baltimore Ravens at MT Bank Stadium being for the AFC North Crown. And I'm, yes, I, I know I you said it on Twitter that you think it's going to be on Sunday Night Football. If that is for the division, yeah, you can guarantee it that yeah. that'll be the primetime game. Which I'll hate, yes, but absolutely. still, I'll love the <laughs> fact that the Steelers are in that position, nonetheless. So, okay, but let's not look ahead. Let's not look too far ahead. Like you said, this is the game we got to worry about. Hey, in the first half, I just had Jesus Garcia on of our Cardinals update podcast. He did not paint a pretty picture of the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, he he basically <laughs> I mean, he's in the Cardinals fan, and he's like, yeah, yeah. look. The defense is bad. They they can't stop the run. The defensive line is awful. They they really, he said, and I kind of agree when I think about it from an outsider's perspective, outside of their safeties, they really don't have any known names on defense. Mm-hmm. But when you think about this game, Jeremy, you talked about the focus factor and the history. I try not to dive too much into the history because, you know, that, that 0-2 record could be two games against the new England Patriots or something yeah, like that, absolutely. you know, where you, yeah. so you just have to go back and get that context. And I'm not about to do that. I don't have, to have hours <laughs> in the hours, but yeah. what are your thoughts on this game in terms of, you mentioned the focus, but what about the, the tangible things, the X's and O's?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this should be a really, really good matchup for the Steelers. I mean, it's a defense that will absolutely let you get your feet under you as an offense that needs to stack good performances. Now, they, they had the the good performance against the Bengals as far as yardage production staying on the field. Now turn that into points against the Cardinals. There's no excuse to not do that at home against this defense. Just don't come out flat and, and, and give them a few opportunities like, like you did the Bengals in the first half mm-hmm. of that game. I think that this is the kind of team where if the offense gets a little lucky, gets on a roll, makes a couple big plays – that Kyler Murray and company can get, get moving and, and they can put up some points on you and you don't want to be surprised as a defense in that regard. But as far as, as far as just X's and O's, this Steelers team uh, has, I would say maybe a top 10 roster in the league overall outside of maybe the quarterback position. We can debate that till the cows come home, but the Cardinals might have the worst roster in football. And so from that perspective, these teams are not each other's equals at all and the offense should have their way, and the defense especially should have their way with this Cardinals offense that is pretty one dimensional. I know James Connor runs hard, but they're not averaging a lot of rushing yards a game. He's been hampered from his injury since he came back from it. Just not the same James Conner and therefore not the same Cardinals team that we've seen in recent years.
1: Yeah, James Conner, believe it or not, like I love that guy. I loved yeah, him when he was at absolutely. Pittsburgh. Everyone in the everyone in Pittsburgh loved him. He just couldn't stay healthy. And mm-hmm. You know, there was, a, there was a thought that I had. That I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm just going to keep it in the back of my head until the offseason. But there, there was a thought I had about getting him back in Pittsburgh. We'll just leave it at that. But if sure. he could stay healthy, um, he's, a, he's a great back. He's a great back. And he scares me more than Kyler Murray. Because Kyler hmm. Murray is like that little water bug. You know, everyone knows that player that's just <laughs> real. He's not big, but he's, yeah. he can get around. And he's been moving well since his yep. knee surgery. But thank God for a Landon Roberts. If there's a if there's an inside linebacker in this game where you're like, okay, we want the thumper, we need to make sure yeah. we have our thumper, we got him. Like if it was Quan Alexander or Cole Holcomb, you're like, gosh, can can they stand up to the to the running game? We know a Landon Roberts can. Well, Landon Roberts might struggle against the pass, but he can stop the run. And with Zach Ertz now not on the team. Well, that mm-hmm. takes away a huge weapon in terms of, again, if you're thinking about the trap game, the way that the Cardinals could potentially beat the Steelers, I'm thinking, okay, tight end, coverage linebacker, they don't really have one, not that big of a concern, don't you agree?
4: Well, I mean, Zach Ertz hasn't even been their starter recently. It's been Trey McBride, the second year tight end, yeah. and he's been the one who's been playing well. So I, I still think they've got that weapon, but I, I I, would say this, they are now more limited in the types of formations and ways that they can uh, disguise what they're doing and beat you on offense. So now they've basically just got the one tight end that they trust. There's not going to be a lot of of uh, 12 personnel, you know, 22. Per- it's going to be a lot of, of 11 personnel and, and mm-hmm. 21 personnel, things along those lines where they're just having to to deal with the one tight end. I think that this is a huge game for the pass rush. They have to get home against the Cardinals team, against a Kyler Murray, who likes to sit back in the pocket and kind of work the pocket and wiggle around back there. Uh, I I don't know if you remember, I think it was, it may have been 2019 that the Steelers defense came into uh, an Arizona Cardinals game against Kyler Murray and really shut him down. I remember one play in particular where Bud Dupree got got his eyes on Kyler Murray on kind of a rollout to the left and didn't even let him have a chance to get the ball off. I see Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig, those kind of guys. On that side, on that left side of the defense, being or of the offense, being able to control Kyler Murray's ability to roll out, and then you get some sacks on the other side. That's going to play a huge role in this game as well.
1: There was a play in that game. That was the last time the Stewards have had a punt return and scored for a touchdown. Actually, Deontay Johnson returned one. Uh, but that was a play. There was a game, a play in that game where Kyler Murray rolled as he was going to run, and it was he and Minka Fitzpatrick one on one in the open field, and Minka Fitzpatrick just stoned
4: him. he, 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 He
1: didn't blow him up, but he just. He broke down like it was textbook, like, oh, one, yeah, football one hundred and here's how you yep. tackle in the open field. He makes the play. I think that was on fourth down, actually, and they end up getting off the field and winning the game. So let's let's talk about this injury. Speaking of Minka Fitzpatrick, let's talk about the injury report leading up to the game. Remember, folks, this is recorded on Thursday and on, even if on Friday morning. Obviously, when you're listening to this, the final injury report has not been released. So let's talk about it. Thursday. Ken, quarterback Kenny Pickett, who Mike Tomlin said was dealing with an ankle. He's been full both days. Um, I think that's just the Steelers covering their P's and Q's in case Kenny Pickett deals with something. Yeah. They're like, Oh, he wasn't on the injury report. Uh, Alan Robinson's back at practice after getting a day off. Deontay Johnson was off with an illness. Calvin Austin was back on pr- practice on Thursday, limited with an ankle injury. Mike Fitzpatrick hamstring injury back for the second straight day. James Pierre misses for the second straight. I'm sorry. Yeah. He misses for the second straight day. I'm trying to see if mm-hmm. James Pierre, no. Yeah, he he did miss the the Wednesday, so he's, he missed on Thursday as well, did not practice with a shoulder injury. Montrevius Adams was a full participant. Again, looks like he's trending in the right direction, and Cam Hayward, as always, gets his day off. Well, actually, back-to-back days off. Good for him. Yeah. So Cam Hayward's <laughs> getting a couple days rest. I'm not too worried about that. What are your thoughts on the injury report?
4: I, I think it's mostly just little things. I, I think yeah. that you're going to have a, a pretty pretty full uh, team uh, ready to go, and I know you obviously have some of the the players that are on injured reserve. But as far as guys week in week out having injuries to come back from this, this is the healthiest they've been in a while, and uh, I, it's time to put up or shut up this week. Yeah. Um, go go put your foot down on on this team and and separate yourself a little bit. Um, I I think obviously the Deontay Johnson illness that's the one probably you'll want to watch because illnesses they can. They can vary, right? Those are things where he could be out again on Friday, and then um, if the Steelers don't like how he's trending, maybe they sit him knowing it's the Cardinals. Um, You know, you don't necessarily hope for that, but maybe that's the way they do it. So fantasy managers, watch that Deontay Johnson one. It could get a little tricky. (laughs) But hey, the
1: big thing for me is that Montrevious Adams and Minka Fitzpatrick are trending and playing in this game. That's great news. Uh, James Spear, if he's not there, I think Darius Rush just takes his spot if he's not active for the game. So keeping on that, Calvin Austin as well. Let's see if he can be a full participant on Friday. We shall see. But then you look at the Arizona side of things. Uh, Some big names here to keep your eye on. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. That's obviously Antonio Mm -hmm. Brown's cousin. Has missed the last two practices with a heel injury. Uh, uh, It's here, cornerback Antonio Hamilton with a groin. Missed the last two practices uh, I'm trying to think of some other notable names here. I'm not familiar with a lot of these players. Starling Thompson, a cornerback, missed <laughs> the past two. Jalen Thompson with ribs returned to practice in a limited fashion. So anything of note on the uh, Cardinal side, Jeremy? You know the roster is
4: better than I do. Yeah, I think the, the two wide receivers, Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson, not participating again. I think Michael Wilson didn't participate. Yeah, so that's two days missed for their uh, – for all intents and purposes, they're two top receivers outside of Rondell Moore, who is kind of their slot guy. He, uh, like Mike Tomlinson, his press conference is kind of their do-it-all-from-the-slot, like Elijah Moore is for the Browns. Um, So if he's the only healthy starting receiver this week, that's a a huge issue for, for the Cardinals. And so I would be watching those two guys specifically. Michael Wilson, who has looked pretty good, he was a guy I had my eye on for the Steelers for late in the draft this last year at wide receivers, just kind of a do-it-all, um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster type receiver. Yeah. Um, bigger body, not going to wow you with any of his intangibles, but or with any of his traits, but he's just a good overall receiver. So if he misses time, it could be a, an issue for them.
1: All right, so let's take a look at some NFL picks. We'll t- always talk about the AFC North before we go into uh, our Steelers pick. And the Ravens have a bye, so they're they're not playing in this week. Let's go with the Browns going yeah. across country 425. They're playing the Rams. The Rams coming mm-hmm. off a win against Atlanta. I'm sorry. Not Atlanta over Arizona and the yep. Browns losing to <laughs> the Denver Broncos <laughs> and Joe Flacco might be quarterbacking this team yeah. on Sunday. That is hysterical beyond belief. PJ Walker's healthy. I guess they just don't like the guy. I don't I don't get it. The dude beat the 49ers, but they're about to go to right. Mr. Unibrow. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about this game?
4: Uh this game, to me, it it's about the Rams um more than the Browns because to me the Browns are are on the fade here, obviously, with their quarterback situation. And now Miles Garrett. I haven't looked at their injury report. I need to see how Miles Garrett's doing this week because if he can't go, then this Rams offense. Uh, has a chance to to really get going against a Browns defense that has struggled now against the run. Kyron Williams is back for the Rams. He had a heck of a game last week, Jeff. I don't know if you you caught his performance, but uh, one of the best games yeah. ever by a running back. If you look at straight statistics, um, it, it's a historical game for him. So I think he uh, makes the difference in this game for for the Rams and the Browns. And the Rams are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. They are very much alive despite them being five and six in the NFC. Um, there's gonna be a couple teams right around that eight and nine, nine and eight mark that make the playoffs in the NFC this year. They have a shot to be one of them. So look for them to play really hard at home. I like the Rams in this game.
1: Yeah. It, either DTR plays coming off a concussion or yeah. Joe <laughs> Flacco plays. I'm yeah. sorry, I'll take Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Absolutely. And, yeah. We'll t- let's hope the Rams win. Let's go, excuse me, Monday night, the Bengals and Jaguars. Uh, this game was supposed to be Trevor Lawrence versus Joe yeah. Burrow. Now it's not. It's Trevor Lawrence versus Jake Browning. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> the Jaguars are at home. They should win this game. Am I right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. They they should win going away against this Bengals defense. That, um, I mean, how embarrassing is it for the Bengals defense? that they were the first team in 59 contests to give up 400 yards to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not very cool to put yeah, on your resume for them. We look at it from the Steelers angle, but that's not good from the, the Bengals who were basically fully healthy on defense. And I know they um, you know, had some guys limited throughout the week, but they all played. So Jacksonville should have their way with this defense. I don't see uh, Jake Browning being able to do much more against a, a pretty good Jaguars defense overall than they were able to do against the Steelers. So to me, this is uh, the Jaguars get to nine and three pretty easily. The Bengals drop another game and the downward slide continues for a team. We all thought was a huge contender, a team that I said was going to have the NFL MVP and Joe Burrow before that injury really took him out. So,
1: yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know what the spread is in this game, but if it's close to double digits,
4: minus eight and a half for Jaguars. eight Maloney. and a half.
1: I'll take the Bengals minus oh. eight and a half, get, getting eight and a half points. I don't. I don't okay. think they're going to win outright. I'm not saying take them on the money line, but I'll say take the. I think they're going to keep it close. T. Higgins is going to play. I think Trevor okay. Lawrence is due for another really bad turnover game. He has those, and uh, I think they'll keep it close. I think this is the final nail in the coffin if the Bengals lose. Yeah. But as a Steeler fan, if the Bengals somehow find a way to win, you can't be too upset because Jacksonville right. comes down to the pack, and now you talk about. You know, the, the Jags have the head-to-head win over the Steelers, which will play factors into this. But still, I, sometimes you got to look at both sides of the coin. I think the Jags win, but I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Let's get to the game everyone cares about, Pittsburgh versus Arizona. The line I have in front of me is Pittsburgh giving five and a half points uh, against Arizona with a total of 41. Jeremy, how do you see this game playing out? What's your score prediction?
4: So if if I'm Mike Tomlin, I, I'm actually looking at the betting odds here, and I'm, I'm telling my team, Nobody believes in us. This is disrespectful that a seven and four team finding its stride at home is only getting five and a half on a two and 10 or two and nine. I can't remember. uh, Yeah. Two and 10 operation that uh, just got walloped by the Rams, a team we beat um, just a few weeks ago. And so this is, this is how you kind of counteract that, that lack of focus issue is to really get this team thinking that they're on an island here and that they're the only ones that believe and nobody's talking about them in the national media it's only Steelers fans that's actually the truth so um you got to ride this and you've got to say let's let's show the NFL world that we're for real this week are they going to do that I don't know that's where I trip up a little bit here Jeff is is, uh, this just feels like, – I don't think the Steelers are going to lose necessarily, but it just feels like one of those games where it's it's harder than it needs to be because that's how the Steelers play football. And so I, I'm going to say this. The offense has a really good day. Kenny Pickett throws two touchdown passes, has 250-plus yards passing, and the, uh, and the running game is good again. Um, and the Steelers put up 27 points in this contest. I'm calling 27 points for the Steelers. But – I think the defense comes out a little flat against this Cardinals offense. Um, I think that James Connors' return to Pittsburgh is big-time fuel for him. I think he has a couple big plays. So I'm going to say that the Cardinals score 23 points in this game. The Steelers went 27-23, and the defense kind of kind of makes it be closer than it, it has been because uh, of that coming off of of two divisional games where you had to play your best defense. That kind of emotional come down is what plays into this here. Steelers still win. 27, good day for the offense, to 23, bad day for the defense.
1: You know, it's funny that you picked 27 because I was looking at last week's numbers because I keep sheets of paper and I have it right in front of me. And I was like, you know, I picked 27-17 last week. And the Steelers should have been a lot closer to that than they, than they were given a give take, you know, Deontay Johnson holding on to a freaking football, but still, (laughs) I was like, you know, I still like that score this week. I got them 27, 17 beating the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Steelers defense rises up and I think they keep their streak of not allowing 20 points going. I think it's what five games and counting now, but they haven't allowed seven, seven Seven games, seven straight games,
4: 20
1: under. Yes. I think it gets, I think it gets to eight because I think they're going to harass kyler murray and i think that the running game of the steelers is going to keep arizona on the bench a good bit in terms of our defense the steelers defense is going to get to rest a lot so we'll see how that goes i have in 27 17 we both have the over there you go jeremy what's your fantasy do you have a fantasy game of the week you didn't last week i want to make sure you have one this
4: yeah I, i do actually and it's not the one everybody's going to be thinking i'm going to pick most people would think it's going to be eagles 49ers right that's the big game this week i'm not going with that one here's the one i'm going with i'm going with texans broncos as my fantasy game of the week because quietly this broncos team has been putting together solid fantasy performances at quarterback wide receiver and running back for the last several weeks this season uh javante williams is running hard he is their lead bell cow back i expect him to have a double digit fantasy day I think Cortland Sutton has a double-digit fantasy day, and I think Russell Wilson has a good fantasy day as well. And then you flip the side to the Texans, who have been fantasy-relevant all year um, at most positions, especially C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. Those guys, I think, have a big day as well. And this is maybe one of the, weirdly, the higher-scoring games of the week because both offenses are playing pretty good football right now. And it just has the feeling of this is is a fight for – Playoff seating. Both teams are in the mix here and both teams are going to kind of battle it out. It, it has a feel of a shootout to me.
1: Sounds like fun, man. I the, both of those teams have become exciting teams to watch. So that's that's a yep. good one. Why don't you tell everyone what's coming up with the Q&A, what time it's going to be, as well as, uh, yeah, social media stuff.
4: Yep. Nine o'clock on Saturday morning will be the Q&A. And, uh, obviously we'll be looking ahead to Steelers Cardinals. We'll, we'll talk about that game and, uh, we'll get your questions answered, join in. And, uh, I'm hoping again, to have a guest this morning, I had Dave Schofield on last week. It was a lot of fun. We'll try to get somebody again for that nine o'clock hour. If not, it'll be just me, but it'll still be fun. And we'll get that done. Don't forget to check out the fantasy podcast and the fantasy, um, articles that I've been writing on FansFirstSports.com. I uh, have a lot of fun doing those. If you're into DFS. That's coming up I've got stuff for Thursday uh my perfect lineup for Thursday my perfect lineup for Sunday DFS as well so check that out and then uh on the website I've also been doing power rankings every week just came out with the latest one and guess where the Steelers are they're in the top 10 again and I think they're here to stay Jeff Ooh, uh, in I this top it. 10 we'll see but uh, uh that's where I'm feeling it right now and then follow me on X at the bets 93thBtz 93 9 93
1: All right. Very good, Jeremy. As always, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. Take it easy. How we going, Jeff? All right. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria
2: Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at
1: LuckyLandSlots.com.
2: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right, Steeler fans. Thank you to Jeremy, as always, for taking the time to join me every Friday. I had someone on Twitter the other day think that his name, middle name was really Jerome. Like, it's not Jerome. Like, I call him Jerome. I don't know why. I think it was last year we were doing... It was during the NFL draft. We were watching the draft together in a Zoom call. Everyone, like all the SCN people, which, by the way, we're actually going to we're gonna do that, I think, with, for, as a collective, like with fans this upcoming year. More information on that in the offseason. But still, I, I saw Jeremy, and I was like, man, that seems like Jerome. And so I just started calling him Jerome, and you can talk to anyone that knows me. Once I give you a nickname, which is a good thing, by the way, if I give you a nickname, then I like you. Uh, and if I don't give you a nickname, that's not necessarily the best. So Jeremy, I, was, I just started calling him Jerome and it stuck. So there you go. So it's no, it's not his real name, but anyways, thank you to Jeremy for taking the time. Let's finish this with a heart to heart. You know, I wrote, talked about this at the very beginning of the show and I, I'm going to plug the article I wrote and it's all about Ben Roethlisberger's comments about Matt Canada. Now, I, I tend to check out the footballing podcast, footballing, sorry with Ben and Spence. Not a fan of Spence, but I, I do like Ben Roethlisberger's take on the Steelers and all that good stuff. And the one thing I I tend to do is when they do live streams, I'm not interested. Uh, when they do an actual show, I will check in and I'll fast forward through the beer tasting because I really don't care. And I want to hear his take on the Steelers. Well, he had some really poignant comments about Matt Canada and how Matt Canada never worked with him in his final year, in his year with Matt Canada being the offensive coordinator. He essentially, Matt Canada, gave all that responsibility to Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach. And this is really strange to me. It's really strange that an offensive coordinator wouldn't want to work with a quarterback. I don't care if he's an 18-year vet. I don't care if he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. I don't care if he's a future Hall of Famer. You think you would want to glean as much information from that individual as possible, yet Ben told a different story. He told the story that Matt Canada didn't really want to do anything with him. That doesn't make sense. And so when I hear that and I see all these quotes coming out from the team And they're being honest. But, man, some of these quotes, like Calvin Austin gave one, talking about how everything was just laid out so perfectly last week from Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. The communication was there. They knew exactly what to do in certain situations. Situational football. It makes you wonder why in the hell, and this is why I can't wait to dive into this topic, and I'm not sure when I'm going to get into it. How in the hell did it take this long to fire this guy? How can Mike Tomlin, as much as we applauded him for being the guy that made the decision, which he was, as much as we applaud that guy, how can we also not sit there and say, how did it take two and a half years? This can't be new. This can't, If anything, it got worse when Kenny Pickett came in. How did it take two and a half years? That's the question we want to ask, and that's the question I'm going to try and find an answer to. Not sure, I'm not saying I will be able to, but I'm going to do my best to get you, my ride or die crew, the answer to that question. But as of now, heading into this weekend, after I wrote that article, after I heard what Ben said and I transcribed it for the article, I'm left wondering, why was this move delayed this long? It, 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 it cannot be all because of, well, he's still under contract and we want to pay him, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff. Can't be that. It can't be it. Inquiring minds want to know. I'm one of those inquiring minds and I hope I'm going to get you that answer. Last thing, in case you missed it, we have two new designs in our Steel Curtain Network store. Uh, one really cool design with a quote from Cam Hayward, who said, "Pretty is overrated." So go check that out at the Steel Curtain Network store, as well as a Bosomatic. That's right, not an automatic, a Bosomatic because Chris Boswell is automatic shirt. Go check those out at our Steel Curtain Network store. If you don't know how to get there, it's simple. Go to my Twitter handle at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. The pinned tweet is my Ride or Die Crew t-shirt with a link above it. Click that. It'll take you to the store. You can get all the good stuff. We have some new designs coming out. I'm working out. I'm trying to get this TJ Watt one done before the holidays. But with it being December 1st, I'm working my butt off. So make sure you check that out. In the meantime, you know how we finished it up. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Sunday in the postgame show.